You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections. This reflection was created for the sole purpose of getting you to consider some questions, some things to think about. I believe that every answer you could ever possibly need already exists inside you. Typically, what happens is we have something that develops in life that stops us from accessing the higher part of ourself, our inner coach, to be able to find the answer to whatever that thing is. And one of the best ways to come up with answers is to ask questions. So I'd like to start you off with some questions today. And listen, I think everybody knows that I have a lot of different mentors But I must be honest, my favorite of all time definitely has been Jim Rohn. You know, Jim's a funny guy. You know, he was talking about sitting with Earl Schoff and creating his first goals list when Mr. Schoff asked him about whether he had any goals or not. And when Mr. Rohn said no, he didn't. And Mr. Schoff told him he could guess his bank account balance if he didn't have a list of goals within a few hundred dollars. And then he did. That got Mr. Rohn's attention. Anyway, he and Mr. Schoff sat down and they developed some goals. And then shortly thereafter, Mr. Rohn's life changed dramatically because of that session, that first session that led to so many other sessions. Goals are important. I don't know if they're as important as intentions. That can be promulgated and debated and talked about and questioned. But the purpose of this message is to give you some questions to think about how you might go about setting some goals for yourself so that you can change your life however it is that you want to in the direction that you want it to go. Not that the direction that your boss wants it to go, or a friend wants it to go, or a mother, or a relative, but what you want. So let's just start by starting from where you are right now. Let me ask you a question. Here's question number one. What five things have you already accomplished that you're proud of? I'll repeat that. What five things have you already accomplished that you're proud of. Now, I literally want you to do this exercise. I want you to take out a piece of paper or get out your journal, whatever it is, wherever you capture information, and I want you to write down the numbers one through five down the left-hand side of the page. And I actually want you to do this. I want you to write down five things, just five, five little things that you've accomplished that you're already proud of. I threw some things down on a list I've done this many times. Every time I do it, it seems like it's a little bit different, but there's always some core things that come out because this is about accomplishments. Now, I could ask the question in a different way and we'll come up with some different things, but asked as I did, this is the importance of words. What five things have you already accomplished that you're proud of? I wrote down that I graduated from college with honors. I graduated from nursing school as a member of Sigma Theta Tau, the International Honor Society of Nurses. That, for me, was a big deal, particularly considering that I was raising kids at the time and working three-quarter time. So I was working about six hours a day, raising a family and going to school. And I raised my children the best I knew how. I'm very proud of that. That's a big accomplishment. I have helped hundreds of cancer patients. I've maintained a positive outlook on life for at least 27 years. And I've honored my commitment to my higher power every day. 
I feel incredibly proud of that accomplishment. Here's another way I could have asked the question, what things are you already proud of? If I answered that for you, I would tell you I'm proud of my gratitude practice and my work ethic, my passion for life, which is my attitude, my desire to help others, and my tenacity. How about some more questions? How about we just move right to goals? What do you want to do or what do you want to accomplish in the next 10 years? I want you to take out a piece of paper or write in your journal. I rarely recommend the journal. 50. 1 to 50. I want you to list 50 items that you want to do. 50 things. I'm waving a magic wand right now and any of those things can happen for you. I don't want you to limit yourself in any way. I just want you to fill the page. 50 things. In the next segment, we'll pick up what to do with those 50 things that you list. Remember, just write. Don't hold yourself back. Just write. Capture it. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections. And this is a goals workshop. This is the second portion of the message. This is where you actually get busy and do the work. This is where change starts to take place in your life, if you're interested. All right, so I asked you to list at least 50 items. 50, five zero. Take out your journal. Typically, there's around 25 lines or bigger. It just depends on the size of your journal. If you've got a smaller journal, then you'll have to do it a little bit differently. I want you to list them all the way down the left edge of the page, both sides. That'll give you about 50. If you're using a blank piece of paper, then just number it, 1 to 50. But I want you to number them. I don't want it side by side. I want them like top to bottom in a list. It could be on two separate pages, though. That'd be fine. All right. Some things to think about as you're filling up this list that has no limits. When you're thinking about this list, remember it's 10 years. These are 50 things that you want to accomplish in the next 10 years. Not, not what you can get. That's not what I'm asking here. It's not about what you can get. It's about what you want. See, when you start thinking about what you can get, you're going to start limiting yourself. What do you really want? This is an exercise to help you figure out what you really want from your life. And remember, I'm waving a magic wand. There's nothing stopping you. I want you to think about places that you want to go. Any place that you ever thought of that you wanted to go. Think of a movie that you watched one time and you saw something really cool. You're like, oh man, I'd love to go there. Things that you want to see. Education for your children. Contributions that you want to make. Where do you want to live? What do you want your personal life to look like? What do you want your business life to look like? What do you want your health to be like? How about your wealth, happiness, accomplishments? 50 items, skills that you want to learn, other languages that you might like to learn. Momax speaks, uh, Momax speaks Japanese. What language would you like to learn? Maybe you want to learn German because you want to go to Germany. Or maybe you want to learn Italian because you want to be able to go over and hang out with Patrick in Italy and speak Italian with them. Um, maybe you want to go to uh, Ireland and you want to learn to speak Irish. Oh, wait a minute. That's like speaking English. Never mind. That's different. <laughs> Just a little humor for you. Okay, very little. Anyway, back to the, back to the work at hand here. Um, experiences that you want to have, places that you want to see, people that you want to help, the difference that only you can make in the world, poetry that you want to write, books that you'd like to write, books that you'd like to read, 
songs that you'd like to listen to or read or write, projects that you'd like to accomplish, charities that you'd like to support. List those 50 things. Once you've listed those 50 things, then we're going to do a little bit of work with those. If you're married, you might want to be thinking about my goals and her goals or my goals, your goals, our goals, his goals. Think about it. What do you want on that page? All right, from the list of 50, I want you to think about 1, 3, 5, and 10. Now you're going to take the 1, 3, 5, and 10 and you're going to place that number alongside of whatever it is that you wrote down. The 1 is the things that you want to accomplish in one year. The 3 is within 3 years. The 5 is within 5 years. And the 10 is within 10 years. Hopefully you've written some personal goals and some family goals and some business goals and some lifestyle goals. Once you've done that, then I want you to go through and look at your number ones. And I want you to pick the top four one-year goals. You're going to do the one-years first, and then you can do it with the threes and the fives and the tens. But pick your top four one-year goals. Now, here's the question I want you to ask. Back to the questions, how important questions are. I want you to answer why. Why are the four goals that you picked so important to you? Here's the thing. If your why is big enough, the how will always show up. Period. Period. It's, it's as simple as that. Here's something else I wrote down I think you might appreciate. If your why is big enough and the how presents itself, here's what happens. When the why is big enough, the how gets easier. When the why is strong enough, the how gets easier. Identify those four things and we'll pick up in the next section. The next section. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections and we're talking about goals. This is a goals workshop. Now, I had you list your 50. We talked about that. We talked about the 1, 3, 5, 10. So you went back through, looked at that list of 50. You put a 1, a 3, a 5, or a 10 by each of those things. Then I asked you to take and pick the top four. Those are the four most important goals to you. Then I asked you to answer why. Why are those the ones that you picked? Why are they the four goals that, that you picked? What, the ones that, what, what makes them so important to you? What's the why? Here's something else to think about. This would be fun for you to do. When, you, when you've done this, and you, you can do this exercise with each of you. can do your ones. You can do your threes. You can do your fives. You can do your tens. But then go and look at your list. This is your list. This is just for you. You can share it with a friend if you want to or a family member. Maybe you do it as a husband, a wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. But count. Count the ones, the threes, the fives, and tens. Are you well balanced? Do you have a good number of one-year goals? Are you heavy on ones and light on tens? If you don't have enough tens, then maybe you might want to think a little bit more into the future, some deeper, more powerful goals that are going to require bigger commitment over time. Maybe you just didn't have the vision for that yet with this first exercise. Remember, you can do this exercise over and over and over again. Each time you do it, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get better. You're building your goal-setting muscles by doing this. I guarantee you if you do this once and then do it again, you're going to have a different list and you're going to be able to do it better than you did it the first time. It's no different than when you rode a bike the first time. The first time you got on a bike, you wobbled and 
you know, hopefully you had a, an adult there with you and they were pushing and then they let go for a little bit and you wobbled and they grabbed a hold of the bike again. All the skills, all the things that we learn in life are no different than the things that we learned when we were children. Most of the things that we learned in life, we, most of the things that we needed, we learned when we were in freaking kindergarten for crying out loud. We've just forgotten. You just need to be reminded. I'm here as a reminder. I'm helping remind you of what you already know. This stuff's not new. This stuff's been around for hundreds of years. All I'm doing is trying to wake you up and remind you, if you want, if you're interested, if you choose, choose. That's a, that's a big word. Not I need to or I should. I choose to. When you say those words, I choose to, you empower yourself to make change. So if you're interested, then continue on listening with me here. Take those ones, those threes, those fives, and those tens, short-term, long-term goals. What are you going to do with them? Let's make those goals real right now. Let's put something behind them. How do you put something behind a goal to make it real? Remember, purpose. Purpose is always going to be stronger than object. So what's your purpose? What's the purpose of the goal? Let's say, for example, you wrote down that you wanted to have a 3,000 square foot house just for shits and grins, right? Why? Why do you want a 3,000 square foot house with five bedrooms? Why do you want that? Now, here's where the magic comes. Because you have four children or you have three children, you want them each to have their own room. You want to have a room that's a family gathering room where all of the activities take place. You want to have an office where you can have peace and quiet so you can go and get work done and you can create. You can be the creative that you are, that we all are, if we have a space where we can go and do that. Or you want a gym. You don't want to have to travel to the gym. So one of those rooms you want to turn into a gym so that you can do your workouts right there. Story about a person who lost 40 pounds in three months. doesn't mean anything until they give you the story. Oh my God, you should have seen me before when I was 40 pounds heavier. My life was so hard. Here's what my life looks like now. And then they tell the story about how different their life is and how much better they feel and how much things have changed. That's how you put the value in. It's the drama. Story, the power of story. Create some drama. Imagination plus action. This is my word. Well, it may already exist. I don't know. I didn't Google it yet. But it's my word in as much as I'm sharing it with you now and I created it. Because if you take your imagination and you put some action with it, then what you create is you create a word called imagination. And that's imagination in action. I'm asking you to imagine action. <laughs> and laugh with me a little bit too. Goals brought to life with story become powerful. Do this. Within you is the track in the background. You're listening to the sounds of lighthouse reflections. And I'm here to share with you that within you is every answer you could ever need to any question you will ever ask. It's all within you. All you have to do is clear the blocks. Whatever's stopping you, whatever's holding you back, whatever's been hindering you can be cleared away. You're capable of more than you ever thought possible. There is literally nothing that you can't do, be, or become. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm going to go become a ballerina. 
I'm talking about real things. You can't lie to your mind. Let's just, we'll use that as the grounding factor here. And all I mean by that is, is I'm not ever going to be a world-class gymnast. It's just not going to happen. Not at my age and not based on my makeup and my build. I'm also not going to ever be a world-class singer. If I sung, you guys would run screaming into the place that you could find closest to you where you could seek shelter. So you're not ever going to hear me sing, probably. Unless it's cadence. That I can do really well. I learned how to do that in the army, and I'm actually quite good at it. That's not really singing, though. <laughs> you could say, oh, wait a minute. I thought you said you could do anything. Okay, let me just say. Let me clarify. Let me use this example once again to say within the realm of what is something that sits with inside you of what you're capable of. And what I mean by that very simply is, is that all business skills are learnable. You could learn to start a business doing whatever you want. You could become more creative than you've ever been. It starts with believing that it's possible for you. We just did a goals workshop. There's more to do with that. We'll come back to that. I'll pick up where we left off. That's enough for today. Because I have a goal today that was within me. It was to get on my bicycle and ride out to Red Rock and back. And I need about an hour and a half to get that accomplished. So if I don't go in the next 15 minutes, it's going to get dark before I get back. So I'm going to cut this off. And maybe I'll create a segment while I'm out on the bike. I usually have to pull over because otherwise it's not very good audio quality and it's kind of loud. But maybe once I get up to Red Rock... I'll record a segment for you guys from Red Springs, which is just a gorgeous area. You say, hey, I'm here. I set a goal today. I accomplished it because I set an intention to go and do that thing. And then I took action. What was the word that I just shared with you? Do you remember? Do you remember what the word was that I created that I shared with you in the last segment? Or if you're just finding this segment, you missed the other ones. Imagination plus action equals Imagine action, which is imagination in action. My imagination, I say to myself, okay, where do I see myself today? I'm using my, I'm using my, because I'm creating an image in my mind of where I see myself. That's what our imagination is. That's what our imagination does. So I create this image in my mind of where I see myself. That's my imagination. And I see myself at Red Rock, having gotten there on my bicycle. And then I have to get on the bike and I have to actually ride. That's the action piece. Put those two things together, we have imagine action, and then we have a result that comes from that. That result is fitness for me. The result is also a sense of accomplishment, of having done the thing I said I would do. Decide on something small for yourself. It doesn't have to be big. How, how about we start with an apple? Jim Rohn, one of my favorite things ever from Jim Rohn, he said... Could you change your entire health? <clears throat> Could you change your life? Could you start with just an apple a day? It's that simple. We could start with an apple. Make a commitment that you're going to change your health today, that instead of eating a candy bar the next time, you're going to eat an apple instead. And you say, you know what? If one apple is good, maybe I'll just eat one a day. There's that saying out there. It's been around for a long time. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. What if that was true? What if that was absolutely true? Would you eat an apple a day if you thought you could keep the doctor away, if you could have better health? Questions. Empowering questions. 
answers. Everything you could ever want in life exists within you. It's all available. Go get it. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections. And I'm out for a ride and talk. Haven't done one of these for a while. Typically because the audio is usually pretty poor. But I figured, what the heck. It's a little bit later in the evening and the traffic's not as heavy and I'm going real slow on the road. Heading back to my place. Coming back from Red Rock, where I got my bike ride in today that I committed to getting done. In my humble opinion, or not so humble opinion, depending upon who you ask, (laughs) the things that get done in life, in our lives, the things that are important to us, the things that we commit to, those are the things that get done. Those are the only things that always get done. Everything else can be pushed to the back burner. Everything else is, uh, is negotiable. I think the thing that we can do, the question that we can ask ourselves, earlier today as I was doing the goals workshop, I talked about the things that you can do to make sure that you get the things done, done that you want to do. The way that we do that is through commitment. When we decide, the moment we decide, that's when everything changes. In that exact moment. Because in the moment that we decide, in the moment that we commit, that's when everything happens. That's when everything changes. Yes, it requires follow through. Yes, you have to actually do the thing you said you were going to do. But you can never do that thing, ever, unless you commit first to doing it. In other words, what I'm saying is you have to first choose to begin, whatever it is. It begins in our mind is really what, you know, very simply what I'm trying to say. Everything, everything begins first in thought. Everything is preceded in thought, then in action. Think about it for a minute. Think about anything that you think about doing. Unless it's a pure reflex action. Something as simple as brushing your teeth. Before you ever go and brush your teeth, you actually think about brushing your teeth. Then you make a decision to go do it. You pick up the toothbrush and you do or take the action take out the bottle of toothpaste or the tube of toothpaste, you squeeze it onto the brush head, and then you brush your teeth. All of that was all preceded first in thought. I use the simplest of examples to show that it doesn't matter what it is that we're doing. Let's go ahead and go to the extreme, from brushing our teeth to starting a a business. To start the business, you have to first choose to begin. Once you choose to begin, then you can decide how you're going to move forward by not getting mired down in the details of the how and creating a really compelling why instead. So if you're just starting a business just to start a business, probably not going to be a very good idea. But if you're starting a business because that's what you really want, because that's what's really important to you, 
because you know you have the capability and the capacity that all you have to do is learn the skills that are required to start and run that business. That you want to do it because you know what the business will make of you in the process. Then you're on your way. Will you be a success? That's up for uh, you know. That's that's up for discussion. That has to be defined by you because you're the only one. I'm the only one. We are the only ones who can ever define what success looks like for us. It may not be success at the level of uh, somebody like Gary V, but I would I would also say that. Gary V would say to you, did you start? Did you take the first step? Did you move forward? Did you do something every day? Did you get out of bed? Did you do something other than talk about it? And if the answer to all those things are yes, then he'd say, then who's to say you failed? You don't fail until you quit. And if you don't quit, you can't fail. And besides that, failure is not really failure anyway. It's just a, a way that you learned how to not do whatever it is you were trying to do until you did learn how to do it the way you wanted to do it. And that's that. That's the end. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections and Barbara J. Faison from the Why Struggle podcast reading a little chapter or a little piece of her book, Why Struggle, Life is Too Short to Wear Tight Shoes, is a powerful piece of information for anybody that wants to do anything that moves them forward in their life in the direction of their dreams. Why do I say that? Because it gets you to think. Anything that has you to pause, to stop for a moment, to think, has you moving in the right direction. Otherwise, we're caught up in the mindless chatter of day-to-day activities that who knows where that'll lead us. And it may not be for everybody. It may not be even be the direction that you want to go. But in my humble opinion, it's certainly something that's worth listening to. I would really recommend actually going over to Amazon and just buying the book. And then you'll have your own copy. You can read what you want, when you want, where you want, and how you want. Just my suggestion. Barbara is one of the kindest human beings that I have met here on the platform. One of these days... I hope to be able to meet her in person. I think that would be an amazing opportunity. There's so many people here on Anchor that I want to meet. People that I actually have intentions, like setting intentions to go and meet. Mark Ward is one of those people. Go to Chicago and meet him. Paul Manny, all the way over in Ireland. Paul and I are going to play golf together this summer. We have strong plans in place to do that. I've got some locals right here in Las Vegas that I haven't had the opportunity to go meet yet, but they're on my radar. I'm going to set up an opportunity to go and meet with a couple of the people that are recording right here on Anchor from Las Vegas. We'll start local. We'll start right here. We'll start close to home, and I think we'll just branch out. California's not far away from me. I could pop over and meet Alita McDaniel in person. That would be an incredible experience. Anyway, I'm rambling. Sorry about that. I just go where direction takes me these days. You know, I used to really worry about what I was recording and whether it all made perfect sense or not. I don't do that anymore. I put on a little bit of music like what's going on here in the background. Sounds of Soul. Fearless Motivation Instrumentals. This is emotional piano for the soul music right here. While I record this message, this uh, introduction to a little book segment. 
Anyway, that's enough of my rambling. I'll be quiet now. You guys can listen to uh, Barbara J. Faison read a little bit about her book. Take care, everybody. Oh, thank you. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections. And behind this introduction is Larry G. McGuire, the Daily Larb. Coming to you because of Fuel Your Soul, Red Sable. Because I picked up this piece over on her station. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't listen to Larry, because I do. As a matter of fact, I've got a copy of something here in my hands that I'm going to share with you guys. Or at least a piece of it. And then I would just simply recommend that maybe you go ahead and just take action and get your own. But I wanted to entice you, if I could, by sharing just a minute here with you. In this segment, Larry's asking questions. I think you guys know by now I love questions. Why post? Why bother? Why write? Why record? All great questions. Larry does a great job of answering those questions. He does an even better job of answering those questions in another little piece of information that I'm about to share a little bit with you. The track I have going in the background here, you guys know I love the sounds of soul. What is life about from Fearless Motivation Instrumentals? Gets my blood pumping, gets me thinking, gets me creating, gets the juices flowing. Here we go. I'm going to share a little something with you, courtesy of Larry G. McGuire over at the Daily Larb, dailylarb.com. What is the artist's manifesto? The artist's manifesto is a declaration of who we are and what we stand for. It's a gracious presentation of the middle finger to the world that says we should row in. Join the machine. Be the same as everyone else. It's a message to my fellow creatives that are more like you. You are not alone. Your tribe is waiting. The artist's manifesto is about us, our art, and that which calls us to make it. And it goes on and on and on and on. Here's, what, here's a piece. I like this. What is an artist? I had a little conversation with somebody, I don't know, a week or so ago about what makes an artist. And I said, everybody's an artist. Different kinds of artists, but everybody's an artist. Here's what Larry says about it. What is an artist? Everyone is an artist. Look at that. We think alike. Isn't that crazy? Everyone is an artist and everyone has the ability to create art. We are born with it. It is inherent in our being. It wills to be expressed and will expresses itself. If I left, oh, I'm sorry, if left to do so, and it says unhindered, unhindered. Everyone feels the need to create in their own way, and no one has the right to encroach on other people's creative integrity, method, or means of creation. Art is unique. It is never the same despite the insistence of the world to place art in boxes with labels. The street sweeper can be an artist. Just ask Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. about that. The barista can be an artist. The plumber, 
the architect, the florist, the mechanic, the accountant, the bridge builder, they all can be artists. What is an accountant anyway? An accountant is a numbers artist. What is a mechanic? A machine artist. How about the florist? You could put a whole bunch of labels on a florist if you wanted to. I don't. But you guys get the idea. Who is an artist? Everyone has the opportunity to create art in their given profession, but they may not choose it. For us, for us who can see art in all things and people, their artistic ability is obvious, even if they can't see it themselves. What does somebody like me do on Anchor? What am I doing? Hopefully with my messages, I'm inspiring you to see the highest part of yourself, to get in touch with your inner coach so that you might make the difference that only you can make in the world, so that you can collaborate together with others like myself and with Larry to make this place better, not just for us, but for the children that will come behind us. I'm an artist, and so are you, and so is Larry. So Larry asks a question, why write and record? His, um, his manifesto answers that, and a whole bunch more. So I wanted to create this separate segment here to, um, just to kind of showcase some of what he's put together here in the artist's manifesto, which by the way, I'm going to tell you guys, is um, like 32 pages long. You know, and the, the last page is about Larry, you know, uh, who he is and where he was born and just a little bit of background about him. And then, of course, there's a share this manifesto page, which I'm doing right now. There's many ways to share, not just by the, the way that people traditionally do it. But I think this might be the best way to share. So I'm going to read to you what it says here, this segment, starting on page 8, The Artist's Challenge. The momentum of the world is our greatest challenge. It has been building for a very long time. And if we are unwittingly a part of it, then try to create from there, our art will be spoiled. Our society is constantly in the making and is becoming more and better than it was before. However, we creatives must step outside of that to create. We must enter our own world and make things from there. For us, there is the natural draw towards making things, and in tandem, there is the draw towards being a part of the world around us. We strive to stay true to the artistic calling, to make beautiful things, while the world pulls us like a magnet toward normality. It says that we must follow the rules, fall in line, not to drift outside the protective circle of society. Go to school, it says, study hard, get a job, be like everyone else, be safe. It's dangerous to follow your heart. You'll be left alone out in the wilderness to die. But something inside us knows that this idea is flawed and it feels like we are being pulled apart. Sameness, normality, and mediocrity are celebrated and encouraged by the masses. They are the arch enemy of the artist and they are the destruction of all creativity in the world. 
Sameness is like a whirlpool, a powerful vortex with vast momentum, and it's easy to fall into this if we are not aware. Part of the problem for us creative people is allowing this sameness to be without needing it to change. Needing it to change, we become, become a part of it, and then it drags us in. It's the final page. In this world of ours, we are not alone. We join each other there. Everyone who has ever made great things and changed the world is there. The energy that wills us to make things is there. Creative people like you and me must go there every day to receive the inspiration and direction we need to make great things. With, without this going to the well, we fall into the momentum of the world. We become drawn to the predominant thought patterns of people and become disconnected. Our challenge, therefore, is to remain in that place our own world. Break the rules. Fuck the begrudgers. Graciously present the middle finger and say thanks, but no thanks. The next segment is creative integrity. I'm just going to read the first paragraph. You must be selfish and uncompromising in your art. You must maintain creative integrity no matter what. The small voice that directs us sounds like a whisper and stays with us always. If by now you are not inspired to go to Larry's site and get your own copy of this manifesto, then I would submit maybe, just maybe, you are not an artist. But if you are an artist, I know that you'll want to have this in your hands the same way I do, so that you can refer to it often to remind yourself of how awesome you are as a creator. Continuing on tonight with the reading of the Tao Te Ching. Verse 63, The Secrets of Getting Things Done. Act without acting on. Work without working at. Enter bountifulness when it is still insufficiency. Answer with kindness when faced with hostility. Begin a difficult task in its easy stage because large problems grow from small ones. Begin a large task in its formative state because complex issues originate from simple ones. But beware of those who promise quick and easy solutions. Accept problems as challenges. In this way, the sage accomplishes great tasks without ever having to struggle with them. Verse 63 of the Tao Te Ching, The Secrets of Getting Things Done.
You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections. And this is a reflection on the box of 64 colors by Tim Araneta. Tim clearly points out right from the get-go that his post or his segment, if you will, which is a, a classic segment, by the way, really didn't have anything to do about crayons. So my question is, what does his post have to do with? What is Tim talking about when he discusses the 64 colors? What is he talking about when he discusses the original eight colors? Or does he? Well, wait a minute. It's not really a post about colors, is it? Well, anyway, those original eight colors that everybody refers to as the original eight kind of aren't the original eight colors. Well, they kind of are, but they kind of aren't. So if you look at the history of the company, you'll find that the original set of colors that went out, or that were created anyway, were the number 30 box, which were 30 colors that were unwrapped. And then they created the 51 box, the number 51 box, which was 28 wrapped colors. And then ultimately, in 1903, they created the number 54 box that held the eight classic colors, which um, were red, yellow, blue, green, orange, brown, violet, Oh, in, in parentheses, they put purple for those of you that don't know, and like myself, that violet is, is purple. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, and then, and then uh, ultimately black. And, and the very first crayon that they ever produced was actually the black crayon. It was created independently and sold independently and still to this very day is sold independently under another name. And its uses wide and varied across multiple different arenas and spaces and places and I think it's all across the globe. Anyway, back to this question at hand of what the box of 64 colors is really all about. Oh, you know what? Here's an interesting point. That original box of crayons sold for a nickel back in 1903. You know, according to the inflation rate at 2.9%, Nickel box of crayons that was really worth a nickel way back then was really worth about a dollar and thirty-two cents. And if you really want to go wild, you can go back and look at what a nickel would buy in 1903. And then if you want to go really wild, then you can look at what a dollar thirty-two would buy. I think you'll be amazed. And then you'll see what the real value was of a nickel box of crayons. Wait a minute, how do we determine value? Well, that would be a whole different discussion, wouldn't it? Because if you think about it, if you spent a nickel and you gave kids uh, a coloring book. I'll have to go and look and see if coloring books existed back then. Or was that an afterthought? Hmm. Maybe kids just did what we used to do and we would take a blank page and we would just take and squiggle all kinds of squiggly marks and kind of make a mosaic and then we would color different colors in that and that was our coloring book. I'm not sure. Did you color inside or outside the lines? Ooh, that's another question. Anyway, what's your color? What color would you be if you could choose a color? Well, here's the interesting thing. I'm going to go ahead and, and just elaborate a little bit more on how far colors have come, just to make this a little more interesting. Um, 
if you look on the website or if you go to Wikipedia, you'll see that they got crazy, really wild with colors like in 1990. There were 16 new colors introduced. Cerulean, Dandelion, later retired in 2017, Electric Lime, Fuchsia, Hot Magenta, Jungle Green. Hmm, that's a different kind of green, isn't it? Not the same green that Tim was talking about, but probably pretty close. Magic Mint. Now, that one's definitely not the same kind of green. Neon Carrot. Purple Pizzazz. Radical Red. Royal Purple. Sun Glow. Unmellow Yellow. I didn't know, I didn't know yellow could be unmellow. Vivid Tangerine. Teal Blue. Wild Strawberry. And more. Wow. Wow. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections. And this is a secondary reflection on Tim Araneta's post about the box of 64 colors. Or was it a post about forest green? Or was it a post about just because everybody else uses green, particularly forest green, doesn't mean that you have to? Or is this a segment about being an artist? Is this a segment about the artist's manifesto? Or is it a segment about all kinds of different things all blended together into one place called a reflection? I think that's what it is, actually. Because here's the interesting thing about Anchor, this incredibly amazing creative platform that has no lines, that has no colors or that maybe has every color, even the undiscovered colors. And if it does have lines, then they only exist if we decide to let them be part of our makeup. Because we can color wherever the hell we want, inside or outside of the lines, with whatever color we want. If you're interested in colors, like forest green, for example, you could type in forest green into the Crayola.com website and you'll get a little sheet that pops up with crayon facts. Hugh, family, green, you're introduced, 1957. And then you can actually find your favorite color. You can start by selecting a hue. Guess what they have across the top of the page? It's pretty remarkable. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight colors across the top of the page. Those eight colors, were re the, the, they, they represent the hues, H-U-E, the hue of the color. But if you rotate the page up, what comes next is a kaleidoscope of colors. Wow. Oh, and then down at the bottom, if you're interested, you could actually purchase something from Crayola because they've got coloring book crayons, 32 count, Crayola crayons, 64 count. I think Tim talks about a box of 64 colors. There's the Crayola crayons, 96 count, and there's bonuses in all of these except for the original 32 box, which is not the original box. Anyway, and then there's 120 count, and even that has some bonuses in it. 
I'm not sure what they are. I can't see. Anyway. What was the purpose of this post anyway? Oh, I know. This was an elaboration of the original post from Tim Arnett about what this is really all about. Those crayons and the colors and how we'll cover. What colors are you using to paint the picture of your life? To paint the picture of your story? Oh, wait, you can't, you can't paint with a color crayon, can you? Or can you? Hmm. Is that just an expression, to paint? I think it is. So we'll use it. Wait a minute. There's no rules, right? So I can do whatever the hell I want. That's right. I'm not bound by rules. And you know why? Do you know why I am not bound by rules? Do you know why you're not bound by rules? Because of things like the Artist's Manifesto that was created by Larry G. McGuire. I created a segment on that earlier. Because of posts like the one that Tim Arenero put up that talks about the box of 64, that talks about the original eight, that talks about forest green, that talks about just because everybody else colors with forest green, you sure as the hell don't have to. Because we get to be creative, because we are creatives. And there's all kinds of material out there to support you to do whatever the hell it is that you want to do. Whatever message is that you want to bring to the world. It's all available to you. Whether it's in the original eight cranes that go across the top of the page as the hues, that you can select whatever color you want. Let's see what happens when I push on a color. There's a color here that looks like, I'm not even sure what that is. I'll bet you anything it's violet, a hue of purple. What do you think? Let's see what happens. Holy crap. I clicked on that button, and do you know what? There are, I don't even know how many colors there are across the top of the page there that are all in the purple family. How about green? Oh, wow. This is fun stuff. Life is creative. What are you going to create today?
If you took the time to listen all the way through just now, then what you had was a gift wrap experience. The Hero's Journey, Day 330, Project 365 Music, Fusion, F-U-Z-J-N, available on Spotify. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections and Project 365 Music. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse Reflections. And today, I have another question. I have another question for all of the listeners today. For anyone else who might find this because it's shared to another channel, to another station. How do you start your day? What do you do? What time do you take for yourself? How do you reflect? Is it silence? Is it music? Is it exercise? What is it? What do you do to start your day? Do you take five minutes? Do you take 10 minutes? Do you take two minutes? Do you take a minute between changing the baby's diapers? <laughs> I remember, trust me. It's been a long time, but it's one of those things you never forget. We have to carve out a little bit of time for ourselves in the morning. Otherwise, we're at the mercy of the morning. So what do you do? How do you find time for yourself? How do you create time for yourself? Where does that time come from? Does it require you to get up an extra 30 minutes early before everybody else so that you have time for you? I'm going to play a little YouTube segment for you that talks about some ways to start your day. So, without further ado, let's let that roll right now. Every morning when we wake up, we need to empty out anything negative from the day before. Somebody offended you at work, they didn't treat you right, it's easy to let that offense stay. Feels good to carry around a grudge, but you have to be disciplined. Say, no, I am not giving this offense any room. I am not going to let it sour my day. Get up in the morning and invite good things into your life. I am blessed. I am strong, I am talented, I am disciplined, I am focused, I am prosperous. Take inventory of what you're giving space to. Life is too short to go through it with negative things holding us down. When you wake up in the morning, say thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for parents. Thank you for love. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for humility. Thank you for peace. Thank you for prosperity. Say thank you in advance for what's already yours. Say thank you in advance for what is already yours. When we all have negative emotions, negative feelings, you have to make the choice. I'm not going to give this jealousy, this bitterness, this anger, valuable space and let it poison my life. I'm going to protect what I allow in me. 
What follows these two simple words will determine what kind of life you live. I am. Every day on the right side of the grass is a good day. Get up, get excited, be happy. Discipline is the gateway to freedom. The I am's that are coming out of your mouth will bring either success or failure. The universe can only respond to what you believe about yourself and about life. All through the day, the power of I am is at work. We make a mistake. I am so clumsy. We look in the mirror. I am so old. We see somebody very talented. I am so average. We get caught in traffic. I am so unlucky. Many times we use the power of I am against us. We don't realize how it's affecting our future. Here's the principle. What follows the I am will always come looking for you. You get to choose what follows the I am. When you go through the day saying, I am blessed, blessings come looking for you. I am talented, talent comes looking for you. You may not feel up to par, but when you say, I am healthy, health starts heading your way. I am strong, strength starts tracking you down. I am creative. I am. I am. I am. Oh, yeah, you know that sound. Well, maybe you don't. If you don't know my station, then you don't know that sound. If you know my station, if you know Lighthouse Reflections, then you know that's the sound that indicates that it's call-in time. Oh yeah. And I've got some call-ins to celebrate. I am playing catch-up today with call-ins. So I'm going to do things a little bit different. First, I'm going to turn down that background music, Celebration by Coolin' the Gang. This is the way that I celebrate the call-ins that come into my station. But let me go ahead and turn that down so you guys can actually hear what I'm saying. Alright. So here's the thing. I have been blessed with several call-ins, and I'd like to share them with you. And I'm going to do it in just a little bit different way. First with this just introductory message here with a little short recap of what each of the call-ins were. So first there's G. Thomas calling in with a little bit of gratitude and just saying thank you about me taking the time to express my ideas about ideas. Then there's the big bleeper from Down Under, keeping it real, commenting on my goal-setting uh, segment and thanking me for favoriting his station. Then there's an incredible, amazing, and awesome heads up from Z over at Integrity Radio, letting me know that he took the time, the energy, and the effort to do something really cool for me. I am so humbled and grateful for what he's done. Z put together a remix about my readings of the Tao. The Great Integrity, a remix. Unbelievable stuff. And then my dear friend, Paul Omani, applauding me for catching myself <laughs> while I was recording my ride and talk, where I said, in my humble opinion, 
And then I rephrased and said, well, maybe in my not so humble opinion, because frankly, I don't feel like I have to be humble about my opinion anymore. Part of being an artist, part of the artist manifesto, as a matter of fact, is being bold and being a story maker and being a storyteller and standing firm for what we believe in, what our opinions are, and not being afraid to express those opinions. And I'm not, and I won't apologize, ever. So my opinion is not humble. It is my opinion, and that's what it is. Paul, thank you for affirming myself and my catching myself <laughs> being unapologetic for my opinion. And then finally, finally, there's a call-in from Larry. Larry G. McGuire, the creator of the Artist's Manifesto, the Daily Lairb. Another Irishman expressing his gratitude, saying thank you to me for, for featuring his manifesto on my station. The reason I featured his manifesto on my station is so that the rest of the creatives could go find it, could go download it, and put it on their desk and have it available to refer to often the same way that I have. That's why. So that's it for me for now. That's enough of an introduction. That gives you the full flavor of what this is all about. And then I'll just go ahead and play all those call-ins for you guys. And I'll simply take a moment very quickly before I sign off to say thank you for each and every person that takes the time to listen, to like, to clap, to favorite, all that you do every day across this incredible, amazing platform where we've all come together as the Anchor family, as a group of collaborative creatives, making the world just a little bit better, one segment at a time, one call-in at a time, one friend at a time, one activity at a time, one action at a time. Thanks, everybody. Hey, Bobby. It's your boy, G. Thomas. I just wanted to, first off, thank you for the call-in. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to my ideas about ideas and, more than that, taking the time to respond to it in a totally thoughtful and meaningful way. Um, I totally agree with you, you know. Um, I think it's I think it's crazy the way that we can just leave ourselves open or sometimes close to ideas and the way that we live our lives and the way that we think about things will open us up more, close us up more. So it's really interesting uh, concourse of discussion that I'd love to one day hopefully get to do, we can do a call in or something and talk about it more because I think you have some great ideas and it sounds like you really know what you're talking about there. So I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great weekend, my man. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Lighthouse Reflections. This is the big bleeper from down under, keeping it real. Uh, thanks for favoring my station, man. I appreciate it. Uh, had a bit of a look through your station. It's, um, yeah, your goal-setting stuff was really good. I really liked that. Um, coming from a sales background, I've um, set a lot of goals in my time, and um, I like the method you used, it was good. Certainly, uh, you gotta write goals down, you gotta have them close by, look at them regularly, and um, yeah, definitely a big worthwhile thing. Keep it up, keep going, and um, yeah, head towards your goals. 
I'll be watching. Keep to you soon. Keep to you soon. Speak to you soon. Cheers, man. Bye. Hi, Bobby. This is Z. I did a remix of your reading of the Dao De Jing. I hope you enjoy it. It's called The Great Integrity, featuring Bobby Kuntz. Hello, Bobby. I've just been listening to you on your bike. And I love the way in which you caught yourself in a cliché, or you caught yourself using a cliché, you know, in my humble opinion, and the way you responded to it. I think that's lovely. And uh, I, you know, yes, I, uh, I, I feel like giving you a big round of applause. Hey Bobby, I hope you're well. It's uh, Sunday morning here. Um, not sure if you're out of the scratcher just yet, but you'll uh, surely get this later on. Uh, it's Larry here from the Daily Larb, and I wanted to um, just say thank you very much for for sharing my stuff earlier. Uh, it's really uh, I'm really humbled by the fact that you enjoyed the piece of material. Uh, I wrote the manifesto, and that um, you you chose to read it out on your on your station. I'm really really pleased that um, you did that. It was it was very nice of you, and I, I appreciate it very much. Um, thanks very much. I don't know what what else to say to you. So uh, thanks for your endorsement. I, I appreciate it. Hope you have a good Sunday, man. Take care. Take care now. Oh, thank you. You're listening to the sounds of Lighthouse. Reflections. Picking up where I left off on the earlier segment about how you start your day. Alita McDaniel is an incredibly amazing and powerful woman. She, wow, she has walked the path. She has walked her journey and she's taken the time to do something that someone else from the platform here has done I could I could call this segment in search of a manifesto or I could just simply tell you that in the reflection of thinking about what Alita shared in a segment a week ago or so about what do you do for yourself before you start your day before you jump into social media and do all the other things that you do I took the liberty of popping over to her station and then clicking on the link that sits on her channel that allows you to go and look at some additional information about her, about what she's up to. And lo and behold, guess what was waiting there for me? Yep, another manifesto. So the same way that went from the Daily Lairb, Larry G. McGuire, the content that I found on Anchor, clicked on the little link that sits on his profile or just listened to one of his segments. I can't remember what it was. Remember him talking about having a manifesto, going and downloading that manifesto. And now I get to share with you the manifesto that sits on Alita's website where she talks about how she helps people. Here's what it says. I believe that the world can only change when we are at our best because, hey, we have to be the change we wish to see in the world, right? 
She goes on, In 13 years of coaching, I have found many great leaders all have one thing in common. They are masters at walking their talk. That means they are not afraid of taking their own advice, and you shouldn't be either. And then she's got in asterisk, in the same place you would normally find quotation marks. Wink, wink. <laughs> I love it. I love this woman. She is an incredibly powerful human being. I have created a thriving practice on the belief that my clients can only be great if I too am willing to do the inner work, hold myself accountable, and choose each and every day to be better than I was the day before. Do you notice what she says there? How powerful is that? Choose to each and every day be better than I was the day. She doesn't say that you have to be tons better. She doesn't have to say, you know, that you need to be like remarkably just better. This fuels all of my coaching sessions and my clients are more inspired to take action when they see me doing the work too. That said, Ambassador for Goodness was founded on the following principles. I'm just going to share the principles with you. I want you guys to go over to Alita's site and check it out. Go print this manifesto for yourself. Manifesto number one or principle number one from the manifesto says communication is not just dialogue. Number two, emotional healing comes not just from getting to the root cause, but from changing the habits that stem from it. Number three, true potential comes from inspired action. Number four, to truly know a person, we must see past their exterior facade. Number five, loving another individual does not mean you are obligated to become a martyr. Number six, great leaders breed great leaders. Number seven, the buck always stops here. Number eight, optimal health is not just about food or fitness, but a lifestyle that supports healing of emotions, creating proactive habits, fostering better relationships, and developing a regular mindfulness practice. Only when we can truly be grounded in our authenticity can we know how powerful we really are. And then she goes on from there. But I'm not going to tell you what it says. I want you to go there for yourself. Go look at her site. Go look at Ambassador for Goodness.
emotions. Day 328. Project 365. A gift wrap experience. By Fusion.
Thank you.